Howdy, howdy. Happy Monday and happy Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Can't believe it's May, but the summer is just around the corner. And I am so excited for today's episode. I have my cousin and very first appearance of a family member. Super exciting. I know you guys are going to like this one. So make sure you guys listen to the full episode. And please excuse my voice throughout this episode. I was really tired, disclaimer, and I was recording at like 10 p.m. Friday and I was working all day and night. Gosh, I slept like a baby that night. And for those of you who have been consistently listening, you know who you are. Thank you so much. I really, really freaking love y'all. You guys rock. And it means so much to me that you guys are listening to me. All right, with that being said, let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another new episode. I have with me my very first family member on my podcast, my very own cousin, Emily. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, so I'm Emily Luke. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and right now I live in Los Angeles, or the area around it, actually. It's not directly there, but I'm here for acting, which sounds pretty typical, social media and everything. Also kind of strange considering I do come from an Asian background. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And yes, LA area specifically, because it's such a huge, <laughs> huge city but speaking of acting and speaking of being asian american it's crazy how much representation we've been getting just within the last year with crazy rich asians with the new marvel movie of course and obviously so much more i'm curious just to pivot really quickly what are your thoughts on the recent asian american representation you've been seeing in the industry I personally love it because when I first decided I wanted to be an actor, which was about five years ago, there was hardly any Asian representation. And I wanted to be one of the first ones to be on screen and seen as an Asian actor. But now there are so many, I feel like they paved the perfect path for me to do acting. And honestly, I couldn't be any more excited. Yeah, exactly. I just like so excited just to see familiar faces and definitely characters that are more dynamic and more accurate than the stereotypical kind of Asian American characters we've seen in the past. So it just it just really helps with, you know, helping people understand the culture and the the reality of people like us. So great here. So just jumping into the next topic, but you know, I know we're pretty far apart. I'm still in Austin, still in Texas, but has anything changed since I guess the pandemic last time we caught up, you know, was it was a few months ago, but has anything arise since then hobby wise or? Yeah, so hobby wise, fun fact, I actually launched my sticker business today. That took me a whole year to get together. And by the time this podcast is out, I will have already announced everything. So that's exciting. And with acting, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and just give a little background to those who are listening. 
So I graduated in May 2020 with an acting degree and a minor in business management. And of course, 2020, that's when the pandemic hit and the whole entertainment industry shut down. But luckily, I was fortunate enough to sign with two agents during that time. And it's kind of uncommon to have two agents. I have one for commercials and one for theatrical, which includes television shows and movies. But the coolest part of having these agents is they've been getting me super super cool roles to audition for and these are the type of roles that I was not expecting to get for at least three to five more years of my career, which is insane. I can't name drop because <laughs> everyone knows these companies and these production companies. And yeah, it would just, it would be a mess. I think people would expect too much from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, set the um, bar low and then exceed it. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. And of course, with this level of auditions, <laughs> the standard to getting booked is much, much harder. And I think from the outside looking in, it may not seem like that big of a deal if there's no booking happening. But that's honestly the thing about being an actor. You will hear a no nine times out of 10 before you hear a single yes. Yeah, I'm just honestly grateful that I even get the chance to audition for these. Again, I wish I could spill the beans. <laughs> But it's it's good that my agents are able to get me roles like that to audition for. Yeah, totally. And you sort of mentioned, I want to go back to your sticker business. Uh, that's super exciting. And I can't wait to see, you know, it launch. What was the hardest part about launching that business? I just had, uh, you know, some close friends on the podcast talk about their business, their tie-dye clothing business. So I'm curious to see what maybe you struggled with or what you felt was the most challenging part of it. Yeah, if I were to be completely honest, it would be the motivational part because you don't have anyone telling you things need to be done by a certain mm -hmm. deadline. For me personally, I think I'm pretty self-motivated, but when it comes to certain things like a long-term project, I tend to get a little bit overwhelmed, which leads me to procrastinate a little bit more than I would like. But I mean, I got through it. That is really fun. Moving on to that next question, what was it like moving across the country? I'm sure our listeners are also curious, although I did address moving states in literally like two podcast episodes earlier, but you know, moving from Texas to LA, I really think that's such a huge change, especially from a more suburbial Houston life to, you know, the bustling city of LA. Did you find it challenging in your first year? And if so, you know, what advice do you have on just navigating that first year? So I understand that most people might be a little bit more nervous to move to a completely new area and essentially start a new life. But for some reason, 18-year-old me was so excited to move. I think I was just so tired of the same routine every day, going to school with the same people. And I was just super bored of where the direction that my life was heading to. My challenge in the move was not too terrible, but I did worry a lot about how I would make new friends and meet new people because growing up, I was always the super, super shy kid. And Brian can attest to that because I would literally not talk to any strangers and Brian would be the one, you know, like putting on little mini plays to strangers at our uncle's restaurant. That's one of oh my gosh. favorite memories. <laughs> I think I blocked that memory out. 
<laughs> and I would just oh, literally gosh. be in the corner just watching. Man, shout out, what is it, Lucky Dragon 3? <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, that's so funny you mentioned that because honestly, we've both changed a lot since obviously we're kids, but I think it's really interesting now bringing that dynamic into this conversation since we grew up together, since we were literally in the same age group. And just keep in mind for for our listeners, we come from a family type where there's not a huge amount of family members that are in our age group. And so it was like me and Emily, and then obviously her older brother, Kevin, Hope uh, you and Katrina are listening, but if not, <laughs> it's okay. Shout out. Um, yeah, and it was an interesting dynamic for sure. And now seeing us now, it's like, whoa. Going back to that that topic, yeah, I guess the challenge was just getting over that shyness, if you will, and just making new friends. I think even I struggle with that. Just going off of that, would you say that because of your degree in acting, you gain kind of those skills and experiences to meet strangers or to at least be able to like put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and like be okay with being uncomfortable? Would you say your education helped in that at all? A hundred percent, yes. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I found acting to be so intriguing. I wanted to push myself to be super uncomfortable. And acting is literally all being uncomfortable. So it just it just made sense to me to go in that direction. No, that makes a lot of sense. And did you consider any other factors besides that piece of putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations and challenging yourself, obviously, but what other like factors really pushed you to move specifically and, and sort of take that chance and go to LA and, and literally the city of, you know, Hollywood and, you know, almost the dreamlike city, what really made you decide to make that move? So this ties into what you just mentioned. I really, really wanted to build my character. And I wanted to be like those actors and actresses you see on screen who are just, you see them as super bold heroes on screen to just being super cool and personable in interviews. And I wanted that skill for myself. And I, I had a feeling that if I didn't push myself, I would be struggling even harder in life than if I were to not work on my social skills. I just think it's super important to have communication skills and being able to socialize with all kinds of people for any job. I just didn't want to fail. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And it's honestly what we call in, in business and in this world, soft skills. And it's something that's so underrated, but it, it carries a lot of weight. And I agree. I think being able to communicate effectively and well to a variety of people will serve you so well where, wherever you go. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. And just jumping off of that, when did you first realize how important that skill was? And when did you start connecting the dots that you wanted to pursue acting? So I first realized it sometime in high school when I realized I would crumble at every social interaction in my life, uh, minus family, obviously. But even with my friends, I would be super nervous and it was a miserable time for me. <laughs> so the situation where I actually got into acting was a whole accident. I was at Memorial City Mall. Shout out to the Houstonians who know. So I was there with my 
my best friend Stacy, and we were just shopping, and I didn't want to even go with her that day, but you know, she she kind of pushed me to go, so I did. And this girl came up to me as we were walking, and she was like, "Hey, do you want to be a model or an actor?" And I was like, "No," and I just walked away. <laughs> But it was weird because a few moments after I had walked away, I felt really anxious and guilty that I had said no, which was really odd for me. So I told Stacy, I was like, "Hey, I kind of want to go back," and she literally looked at me like I was crazy. She was like, "Emily, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> this is so weird." But of course, we went back and I found her again, and then I signed up to join like a list that they were gonna look through, and they took my picture, which was a little bit creepy, and got my address. I took a Hard chance, I must admit, because this all sounds super shady. And they took your social security <laughs> number as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> if only. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> But luckily, it was a legit agency, and I didn't get scammed. <laughs> so I spent a whole year. It was my junior year of high school. I spent that whole year training with them, and then I had to audition to get into the actual agency. So I did, and then I got accepted. Then my senior year, I auditioned for something called IMTA, which is a modeling and acting competition in front of all of the agents and managers in LA. It's kind of a big deal. So I went through training again for about a year, and then they flew us out to LA, and we did that whole showcase for a week. And that's when I realized I was truly living, and I was meeting a whole bunch of people. That was when I was really learning how to socialize, and I found it to be really, really fun rather than super scary. That's amazing, and I think it's those moments in life when you feel challenged, maybe feel a little stress, but you grow a lot from that experience, and, and and it's something you never forget. I think that's what's so exciting about life, even if it's not the most happy moment per se. It's one that you'll remember. It's one that carries a lot of weight and value throughout the rest of your life. So thank you for sharing that. I actually didn't know that before this call. It's definitely not something I just casually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would imagine it was definitely very scary in the moment, and it's just a very unknown situation, and it worked out for the best. So I'm really glad to hear. And I guess speaking of which, you know, since junior year of high school, you know, that's that's quite a bit five six years ago. How many commercials or gigs or plays roughly do you think you've done? And just on top of that, you know, if you could name one favorite act or character, what would it be and why? So I've done a decent amount of stuff. It's a little bit hard for me to give an exact number because I started out doing a lot of background work for indie movies in Texas. I did those just to boost my resume. And honestly, being in Texas, I only got about one or two auditions max a year, which was like nothing. <laughs> But I did land a commercial after my senior year of high school, and that was definitely the most memorable moment in terms of TV and film. With that said, starting in. TV and film. I had zero experience in theater, and most of the really great actors out there started in theater first. So I felt like I was super out of the norm, especially within my cohort in college, because. 
Majority of them had done theater almost their whole lives, which is why my most fond memory of acting is actually from the first play I was in in college called The Women. I got a role. I got the role of playing Lucy, and she had a singing part in the beginning of her first scene, which is a little bit ironic because looking back, doing something like acting was one of my worst fears, and right even right now. Singing in front of people is the worst thing that <laughs> you could tell me to do. <laughs> I would hey. never do it. <laughs> hey, we did it at my brother's wedding, and I bombed the piano. Whatever. That song. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. So don't even, don't even stress, fam. You literally like killed the singing. So just fun fact: me and Emily, she sang while I played piano at my brother's wedding. I believe Emily just finished her freshman year. So that was before you started blowing up with the singing and acting. And uh, that was that was a good time. Just wanted to pivot and <laughs> recall that. I was terrified. <laughs> no, you and me. Hence why I messed up. Oh my oh gosh. gosh. Good thing they're not listening to this. Honestly. <laughs> Knock on wood. They're the one episode they listened to. It's this one, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay. Maybe I won't never sing. Maybe if you give me a decent gig, I'll do it. But I'll be terrified regardless. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Thanks for sharing. I feel like I never really asked like what specific gigs or commercials you've been on. I just see from time to time on the social medias, you know what what you're on that you can disclose. So it's it's nice, nice to hear about it. Yeah, thank you. I definitely wish I could disclose more. That's cool. Speaking of which, can you walk us through what that process of getting a call, going through it, and what that end-to-end process looks like for those who might not know? Yes, I love sharing this part. So this is assuming you have an agent. It's always best to get an agent if you want to start acting because their job is to find you auditions every single day. They're always looking for you. And the way they do that is they will look through auditions and read the character types and whichever type that you fit into. For example, I'm usually typed as Asian, obviously. Uh, and then sometimes the, the description can be like sweet or a girl next door. And I got villain one time, but I think that's just because one of my headshots looked a little bit darker. And a lot of it is based on your headshots too. Then from there, the agent will submit your profile to the casting director. And typically the casting director will get hundreds to thousands of submissions and they choose about 30 to 40. 40 people, more or less, depending on the project. So they'll pick that amount of people to actually audition. And the audition can be done either in person or at home. Like right now, we're all stuck at home. So everything's on tape for now. Once the casting director gets those auditions back, they narrow it down to about five people for a callback. Again, the number can be more or less. Then from the callback, they'll have you do the script again, or they might have some new edits in it, or they may even have you read a completely different script for another character. Once the callback is completed, they will take your note from the audition or the self-tape that you did to the producer and director or one of them. And then together, they'll make the final decision to pick the actor for that job. 
Got it. And I guess like kind of the nice thing is to let you know you didn't get it versus um to all Actually, my business. They don't. They Ooh. just they ghost you if you don't get it. You'll never oh, hear heck that. No. <laughs> Dang, I, I you got my hopes up. I was gonna say <laughs> that just like in the business world, they ghost you. You either know <laughs> you'll get it or you just get no response. That stinks. But but speaking of which, yeah, that process is very lengthy you know, very different than I had thought initially. And you mentioned that now that everything is obviously remote because of the pandemic, you send in recordings. Can you sort of elaborate what the industry is is like or has been like over the last year and how it's been changing more recently now that, you know, everyone's getting their shots and things are opening up? You know, what are your thoughts on the near term as well as just talking about what it's been like working in the entertainment industry over the last year? Right. So prior to the pandemic and during the year before college that I was auditioning, all of them were in person. So I would have to drive over and spend about an hour or so (laughs) just doing the whole audition process. A lot of it is waiting. And now I just literally get the audition notice, uh, memorize the scripts for like a day or two, and then I just record it on my own time. So there's a lot less of that waiting time, which I appreciate. But the thing that lacks in doing self tapes is that the casting directors can't see you in person, they can't get to know you. So that's one thing that I'm hopeful for in the near future is that they'll start bringing people into their offices and actually getting to know you because I would think that there's a lot of cases that they would choose an actor if they genuinely like you as a person. And it doesn't even have to be completely based off the script that you're acting with got it yeah that that makes a lot of sense and i feel like you lose that personal touch right like you can send in a recording and everything but you know you don't get in the small convos you know while you're there prior to the call i would assume and it's different right No, yes, it's definitely different. Sometimes I wish that they could meet me because maybe there are qualities in my personality that align with the character that maybe they have other ideas for the character that I could inspire them for. And I don't know, I kind of I kind of like the personal feeling in general, it just feels more personable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, you just get a better sense of the person. You can never capture fully a person just from like one recording. And, you know, it's just, I don't think it's possible. I don't even think video truly captures the essence of life getting real deep, but (laughs) it's just not the same. I think there's just a quality that you have to be there actively there to really absorb 100% of it. But yeah, I guess moving to my last question, kind of what advice do you have for those who want to pursue the same career? You know, acting is not easy, obviously, and you started you know, six years ago, what advice do you have for those who have just recently maybe started to consider it or have thought about it, but it's always been, you know, back of mind? Ooh, this is a tough one. Okay. Number one, you will get judged for trying to be an actor. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm from Texas and everyone thought that was super bizarre and just otherworldly for me to pick something like this, but I was hated on by everyone that I could remember, minus a few exceptions. (laughs) Just jealous. (laughs) Maybe that's what I'm told now, but I don't know. That sucks. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You don't have to be sorry. It was super long ago. It's people that are not really my friends anymore, but that's a different that's a different case. 
Anyway, (laughs) but on a more directly helpful note, my biggest advice to someone who's thinking about going into acting or even in this type of field in general is if you can see yourself doing anything other than being an actor, then you should do that job instead. Because this is one of the most difficult and disappointing and painful paths that you can honestly take. There is a ton of risks. But of course, with high risk, there's high reward. So there's that. And honestly, I think it's only worth being an actor if you truly have a deep passion for storytelling and the whole art of it. That is what honestly keeps me afloat because I want to make an impact in the world. I would love to have the opportunity to inspire people, even if it's through a character that I play, preferably somewhere on screen and film because I love that. But yeah, if this sounds like you, if you relate, then I suggest you take acting classes because every actor that you've seen ever has started by taking acting classes. And honestly, just like everything else, you can never stop learning. Props the mic. That was that was great. And I think truly storytelling is is a really great skill and like something even I have to learn to do. And to your last point, yeah, you can never stop growing, never stop learning. So I love that about you know acting that you just described. And I think to your first point, especially if you don't have like the motivations and the constant reasons to continue, I think that's going to be a really strong struggle You know, to go down that path and not have that why, you know, truly engraved and to push you. And finally, the most crucial part that I learned from acting that's actually applicable to everyone is active listening. So in terms of acting, it's literally the core of communication. And it's what makes actors be authentic as the characters they play, which in return makes the scene believable to the audience. I've noticed that ever since I've used active listening with my scene partner in scenes that I would do, it slowly started bleeding into my everyday life. For example, when people would talk to me, I would be super zoomed in on what they would be saying to me rather than having other intrusive thoughts running in my head or even thinking about what I'm going to say next to them. It's because I trust that whatever they're saying to me, I will process it internally and I will naturally just have the perfect answer or response for them. Active listening makes a real connection also, which I think is so, so important. And I honestly don't think a whole lot of people know about active listening because sometimes, I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes when I'm talking to someone, it just kind of feels like I'm talking to a wall and there's no real connection there. So that's why I value active listening so much. And I highly encourage everyone to take a note for themselves and really hear out what the other person is saying. And you know, those types of people that don't actually respond or reciprocate like some kind of add value response. And it's like literally talking to a wall to your point. And it's like, what the heck did you want to listen in the first place? So no, really great advice there, Emily. And I definitely agree with that one. And so I think to recap and to, to just summarize, like you truly have to be a really strong person to do acting, you know, mentally and possibly physically if you're a stunt man, but <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And, and thank you for sharing. I think even for me, it, it's, 
it's always like what you see in front of the camera, not what you see behind the camera and just be able to hear and connect with you, even though you are my cousin on a more kind of personal level, career level. It's, it's been really refreshing and yeah, I, I really appreciate you for joining me and for sharing your story and thanks again. I, I've had such a great time. Of course. I'm so glad we got to talk about this. I think we don't normally get this deep, so I really appreciate you having me on. Of course. It was it was my pleasure. So again, signing off. Best regards, Brian. And Emily. 